Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Active Iron on News Talk. Now, um, every time we speak to our GP or doctors here in the show and ask the GP on a Monday afternoon, we get so many questions from listeners, male and female, about fertility um, and people looking for information and when should they start and are they too late to start. So we thought it was worth chatting to an expert about this today to get a little bit more information. So Dr. John Kennedy, who's the Medical Director of Therapy Clinic um, and one of Ireland's leading fertility doctors, is with me here in studio. John, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Yeah, 087-1400-106 is the WhatsApp number. John, just before we get to, to listener questions, I just I wanted to ask you about this study from the Department of Gynecology and Obstetrics at Cork University Maternity Hospital. Um, they carried out a, a survey of the views of university students and they found that overconfidence in, for, in fertility treatments has come to light. More people are waiting, you know, waiting until they're older to become parents. We're too confident in infertility. Is that I, I don't think we we really. I think there's a still. It's got better, but there's still a huge educational component in getting people, couples, and women to be aware of fertility issues, to be aware when these may come to fore, and what you can do to kind of proactively prevent that from happening. I've been banging that drum for years. I do think a significant portion of couples, even couples attending fertility clinics and services, still wildly overestimate how likely uh, any given fertility treatment is to succeed. So that just we don't have enough awareness, education. Yeah, I, I think I think people don't realise that we're relatively infertile as a species. Like we don't, we're not mice, we're not rats. We don't have litters of children three or four times a year. We have maybe three or four children in our lifetime as a norm now especially in kind of the developed world. So that there's a consequence there. The consequence is that most eggs that people produce of all ages won't give rise to children, to babies. Okay, so you'd, you'd, but you don't think, despite all that, that there is this, we're over-reliant on the fact that we hear so much more about fertility. We, we hear more and we're, those conversations are happening now, but I still think they're happening in a cohort of people who are older. Okay. I'd love to get that awareness dragged okay. back to a younger age. Uh, listener question. We're trying to have a baby. It's not happening for us. We've been trying for six months. How long should we continue trying before we examine fertility treatment? I mean, I'm again, this comes back to exactly what I was talking about. I think testing is a really good idea. I think there's an assumption that if you attend a fertility clinic or you seek testing, that you're seeking treatment. You're not. The first thing to do is assess if there's any problems, have a conversation about your options. And if there's no problems and you're young and you haven't been trying that long and everything else... Uh, checks out, then off you go. Keep trying. But if there, if you do identify an issue, then you can treat that. Equally, what you can do in these conversations is you can kind of set a timeline of, look, if nothing's happened by point X or point mm. Y, a couple of months down the line, you have someplace to is go. Is six do. months regarded as a long time? Six months over 35, uh, one year under 35 is the core definition of okay. subfertility. But I personally think that men should be having semen analysis, women should be having ovarian reserve checked before they start trying to conceive. But I'm biased. Okay. Uh, Listeners 24 and single, I know I'd like to be a mum someday. Is it essential to think of things like freezing my eggs now or can I wait longer? She can wait longer is the short answer. But she should test now and if everything is fine, then she can wander off for a few years and maybe think about freezing eggs. If she knows she's not going to try for a family until into her 30s, then maybe she can free freeze eggs later in her 20s or okay. early 30s. Another texter, I'm 40 and single, so what's the likelihood of me having any good eggs left worth freezing? It's tougher. Um, egg freezing is less likely to give a successful outcome. And roughly speaking, each egg you freeze at 40, this is going to 
upset people, uh, has a baby a 1 to 1.2% chance of turning into a baby. At 40, every, every, At 40, for every one egg you freeze. Yeah, 1 to 1.2%. 1. So if you freeze 10 eggs, 10 to 12% chance of a baby. Okay. Um, listener had a couple of miscarriages. I'm on the wait list to get tests carried out at the National Maternity Hospital, but you have to wait several months to get the results. Yep. Time is a worry for me. I'm in my late 30s. So how much would it cost to get the same kind of tests done in any private clinic? I know it involves several scans, blood tests, chromosome, etc. and concerned they'll all add, all add up and I can't afford it. It so will, yeah. Issue, yeah, though, absolutely. Yeah. And the testing probably, I'm just going to ballpark it, you're probably looking at about a thousand euros worth of testing there, realistically, if, especially if you're including some of the genetic testing. Um, it may be of limited value. The, those tests, they can turn things up, but mm. more often than not, they don't show things. And if they do show something, it's not necessarily something you can do anything about. It, it, they are the tests we recommend, don't get me wrong. Yeah, But I think their value is a little bit overstated. So this is the sort of pre... So this would be tests for somebody who's having miscarriages. But the most common cause of miscarriages sits with the embryo, that the embryo that's been formed from the egg and sperm isn't strong enough to give rise to a person. There's a chromosomal issue or something like that. And these tests won't help with that. Okay. So what should they do then? Well, it depends on their history. It depends how many miscarriages they've had. It depends if they've had children uh, before. They have two broad options, realistically. The testing is a good idea, and if it can be done through the public system, mm. so much the better. Keep trying. There's a risk of miscarriage. If you had miscarriages before, you may ha- it may happen again, but it may not. And the other would be, and this isn't something we do, but fertility testing with genetic screening. That might reduce your risk of miscarriage, but it's okay. adding substantial cost and difficulty. Recurrent miscarriage is difficult. Yeah. You know, we've often so many stories here in the yep. show from people, yeah. Yep. Um, just on that, actually, when you, you mention genetics, there's another text from a listener. Actually, I should say, sorry, 087-1400-106. That's the WhatsApp number. Um, how much of our fertility is down to our genes? Like, if my parents had fertility issues, am I more likely to? Oh, yeah, ask? I got to use my old dad joke. Having children is hereditary. If your parents didn't have kids, chances are you won't either. Oh, really? Well, of course. No, if yeah. your parents don't have children. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I said, dad joke. Um, but certainly there are conditions that run uh, in a hereditary fashion that have hereditary components. One of the most common ones would be something like endometriosis that yeah, can re- run yeah. in families. And, and silent can, endometriosis is something we've heard a lot about here in exactly, the show. Exactly, exactly. And silent or undiagnosed endometriosis, even maybe missed at a laparoscopy or something like that, it, it can be it can be really difficult. And it do, does very much tend to run in, run in families. So if, if somebody, like in, for this listener, if somebody in their family previously had an issue, then they should get the... Get tested. Get, te- Get tested. Yeah. I mean, okay. everybody who attends a fertility clinic pretty much will tell you if I had known then what I know now. Uh, yeah. And I, you can get ahead of that. And okay. That's um, listener says, my daughter's in her 20s and she'd an ovary removed. So should, should she be freezing her eggs to safeguard future fertility? It's a consideration. Yes, certainly. I mean, one, egg, one ovary can, can quite happily do the work of two for the most part. But what you've lost is your redundancy or backup system. So if she already has low fertility, that's a doubled doubled up scenario so testing is a very very strong idea there Okay um, I'm 30 years of age married who plans to get pregnant in the coming months an overactive thyroid issue has delayed plans for pregnancy at the moment so is there anything else I can do to prepare while I wait perhaps um, the endocrinologist maybe to give me the okay to come off oral contraception Yeah I mean obviously the thyroid needs to get stabilised because that will have an impact on carrying a child and getting pregnant after that, taking folic acid, taking vitamin D. If you smoke, stop. If you're binge drinking, reduce. 
uh, if your BMI is low or high, try to optimize that. They'd be the very common sense steps. But the thyroid issue is that there needs to be the stabilization there yeah, first. The, having, an, having an underactive or overactive thyroid significantly yeah. can have an impact on okay. miscarriage rates and pregnancy rates. Um, 087 106 is the WhatsApp number. Now this listener says, I got mumps in one of my testicles when I was younger. The testicle was hugely swollen while I had the mumps but shrank to smaller size or shrank smaller than the original size afterwards. It's never fully recovered. It's about a third of the size of my other testicle. It was about seven years ago um, that this happened and I've recently started to worry about it that it could affect my future fertility as my wife and I are planning on trying to have kids soon. Any advice? Get a semen analysis done. Absolutely. Get ahead of that. Like, the good news is that if it was only on one side, then the other side should be okay. And the other piece of good news is that we are just way better at dealing with male factor fertility than we are female factor. If there are some sperm there, any non-zero number sort of thing, then there's various approaches you can take. But if you want the reassurance, it's simple. Book in, get a semen analysis done. Very okay. straightforward. Okay. Um, can you please ask, I don't know if I'm going to pronounce this right, is it Kleinfelter syndrome? Kleinfelter syndrome. Yeah. Does yes. that affect fertility and is there a solution? My son-in-law was diagnosed with it. It does profoundly affect fertility. The vast majority of people with Kleinfelter syndrome, which is a genetic condition, don't have any sperm at all. There are some case reports that you can do a surgical sperm retrieval and maybe get sperm, but the numbers aren't aren't great. Unfortunately, the vast majority of people with Kleinfelters will need to look at donor sperm. And to get that, sorry, the the, the um, follow up or testing on the, where can you do? We could do that. Okay, so any yeah, fertility clinic do will, do, will yes. do it. Okay. Um, does perimenopause usually mean that you can't conceive at forty one? No, not necessarily. It means that maybe you're less likely to conceive. It maybe means that your risk of miscarriage is a little bit higher. But perimenopause is a bit of a catch-all term for that can encompass a number of years. And if you are still ovulating and producing an egg, then you have a shot at a pregnancy. Okay, so what should that listener do? Uh, keep trying or get tested, depending on, and again, these uh, depending on their circumstances, yeah. are they actively trying to conceive? I would like to see an AMH, an ovarian reserve blood test result, and maybe see what the ovaries look like on a scan. My husband and I have been trying to get pregnant for nearly nine months now. We went to the doctor. He said, come back to us after a year if it hasn't happened yet. Uh, we're stressed out of our mind. It's causing a lot of worry. Is it normal to wait a year before undergoing tests? No, absolutely not. And I think this is the recurring theme, isn't it? Get tested, get the information, get the options, and then take a bit of ownership and agency over uh, over what you think is going to happen over the coming months. Just finally, John, this texter went down the IVF route several years ago, wasn't successful. I was told egg freezing did not work um, as the, the vitrification process wasn't perfect. The eggs cannot thaw successfully. Is that still true? So I know. I mean, I think vitrification is the newer process. I say newer, it's been around for a while now, of freezing eggs. It's from the Latin meaning turn to glass. So you snap freeze the eggs so you don't get ice crystal formation in the water in the egg and so they survive the thawing process better the thaw survival rate for eggs should be 80 to 90% when they're frozen so it should be strong thaw survival rate for embryos is over 99% Okay Listen John we we could chat to you for another hour you know yeah listeners questions Um, incredible you know the number of people that have an interest in in fertility and and treatments Uh, Dr John Kennedy though who's the medical director of the therapy clinic John thanks a million for coming in to us today on the programme Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday. Brought to you by Active Iron on News Talk.